Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Ready to Mosh. We've made it to double figures. We have. A um, bit of a trip back to normal this time. Trip back to normal, that doesn't make sense. Trip back to normal, uh, where it all began. Yeah. Back in Start- the day. <laughs> yes, back in the day. Ten weeks ago. Ten weeks ago. Yeah, so back to normal this week after download and i'll let you start with the news yep the news my first item is i guess it's you could call it non-news really because in theory we should have been at this moment in time probably traveling across london to get to the olympic park to see the foo fighters yeah after having been in sheffield last night for aerosmith which also got cancelled yeah so bit of a non-event weekend it could have been an epic episode for monday reviewing both but never mind here we are yeah it wasn't meant to be yeah yeah actual other news then um first one is there's been loads of tour announcements it feels like this last week or so just when you think oh yeah we'll get tickets for that and then another one comes along i mean probably not got all of them here but the ones i've noted down are in no particular order volbeat skindred and napalm death that's a bit of a lineup in it which we have tickets for we do. That happens to be on my birthday in Nottingham. It does. So Might be a good uh, good birthday. It will. Also got The Who, the H-U Who. They are doing, I think, various dates in the UK. They're doing Rock City in Nottingham. I think that's November or I December. Remember. I can't remember now. I think that's November. Um, there's also Blackstone Cherry with The Darkness. A lot of these tours, they've got quite good lineups as well. It's not just one big band, it's a couple as well. Yeah, kind of like so, co-headline tours. And... I think from the Blackstone Cherry one, what I looked at, it was a bit midweeky for us Yeah. in terms of it. I don't think there's anything particularly close by. I think Birmingham's probably our nearest one, so not got anything going on for that one yet. Um, there is... As well, there's Biffy Clyro and Architects, which again is two big names together. Yeah. Shine Down and Asking Alexandria, I believe they're doing a Nottingham date amongst others. That's an arena tour. Okay, I didn't see that. That that would when how long does that last? Does that go into next year? I can't, I think it's that might be November or December as well. Because it's not just that a lot of tours have been announced; a lot of them are around a similar time. Yeah, I, I, I was just thinking, are we you know potential for Shine Down playing? download next year but they played this year didn't they yeah Yeah, so so. anyway um and then the other couple that i've noted is devin townsend which i know has got a rock city date because we did look but we've not got tickets for that one yet and another one we're considering is this is actually a a co-headlining tour which i didn't realize initially ugly kid joe and massive wagons yeah that does sound a lot of fun it does doesn't it we were debating it because we've seen both bands before we've not got tickets yet but watch this space it might be and again that's november Yeah, it might be one to uh, get tickets for that. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one, I think. Um, I've got a couple of other bits of news, but have you got anything you want to do next? Yeah, uh, Whitesnake have cancelled the rest of their tour in Europe because David Coverdale's ill, so that's off now. Have they got much left to do, do you know? Don't know. They'd obviously already done the UK, haven't Yeah, the the UK part, the UK leg had already been done. Yeah. And it was just the rest of Europe they were doing. Uh, And the other one, it's quite a funny one, that Ramstein, was it Coventry they played? They did, yeah. Was Was it the Rico Arena? I think it was. Yeah, I mean, they've done a few dates, haven't they? But yeah. Yeah, they definitely did Coventry. Yeah, and apparently they were so loud they could be heard up to 11 miles away. 
Wow, that's some volume, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I'm not a mad, I'm not a Ramstein fan, but I, I, that's amazing. Eleven miles. Yeah, that's some good going. That's a hell of a <laughs> hell of a noise. Yeah, um, I've also got a, a funny little item just to mention as well that you may have seen in the news this week. Um, Kiss, when they end their show, they put on Kiss Loves You and wherever they are. So we had Kiss Loves You Donington. Yeah. In Austria, they put up Kiss Loves You Austria. But in the background, they normally have the national flag. Yeah. They put the Australian flag instead of the Austrian flag. Ooh. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what can I, you say? I've yeah, not seen that, but I'll, yeah, that's quite funny. It is, yeah. I like that. My other bit of news is just... Oh, actually, sorry. Two more bits of news. One is that um, the download highlights are on Sky Arts next weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Don't know the times. It's usually 9 till 11 eight, or something. It, I thought it was around 8. 8 or yeah, 9. 8 or 9. Probably 9 o'clock, I would think. And yeah. I think it's a couple of hours each night, so that'll look, be... I'll look forward to watching that. Yeah. That'd be good. It's obviously only the um, main stage, second stage that they do anyway. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, because it would be good if they did things like the dog tooth and the avalanche. Yeah, I think it's just logistics, isn't it, in terms of getting the equipment in the tent. I, I think it's stay, the size the probably. Size, so. size more than anything. Yeah, it'd be really good exposure for smaller bands that were in there. It would, yeah. In particular, but yeah, looking forward to that, seeing if we can spot ourselves mm. on there. And yeah, my last bit of news, I was just going to mention that I went to see Alanis Morissette on Thursday. You did? So not doing a full-on review of it or anything, but I just thought I'd mention it. Yeah. Yeah, that was in Manchester and that was pretty epic. That was the arena, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it should have been last Saturday, but she lost her voice on Friday. So it got turned around very quickly and rescheduled five days later. Yeah. Especially considering the uh, Leeds gig got cancelled 30 minutes before she was due to go on stage. Yeah, I think it was announced. No, 30 minutes before, oh, before the doors, the doors opened. opened. Sorry, 30 minutes before the doors opened. They couldn't reschedule that one, so I think everyone got a refund. Like, there were quite a few empty seats in Manchester, actually, which is understandable, given it the short, notice. the short notice, and it was rescheduled onto a school night. So, you know, we all had to check whether we could still make it, and we could, so that was good. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's that's it for the news this week. Next up then, we have got a couple of reviews. Yeah. So my first one, I'm going for a single this week, and this is Machine Head's latest single, Unhallowed. Oh, no, they've got a new single out. They have, and it is from their forthcoming 10th album, which is out on the 26th of August. The album is called Of Kingdom and Crown. So I've listened to this a few times. It's a long old song. It's six and a half minutes. Okay. That's a strange track length for a single. I know. Um, And if you know me, you know that I don't really do long songs. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, yeah, or long films or anything, attention span of a flea. Um, But it's really good. It's um, one of those... There's probably a technical term for it. You know when a song, it, it's a long song and it changes. What, tempo? Tempo and goes, you know, like Bohemian Rhapsody does that kind of, it's almost like song, different songs within a song. So, so the style of the yeah, song changes. I'm sure there's a technical term anyway. So it starts off quite melodic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got quite chuggy guitars, nice riff going on in the background, quite a melodic chorus. And then kind of the middle, it really speeds up and gets quite thrashy on the guitars. And it's more, then you like, go a, back more to, like a machine type more like, song. Yeah, more of a melodic um, towards the end again. And and the new album, it's actually a concept album. Okay. I don't know what your thoughts are on concept albums. I quite like them. Depends on the album, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, and the concept, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but the concept of the whole album, I didn't realise this when I first listened to it. And then when I read about it after, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense now. Um, but the album itself has got two main characters who both like suffer these big losses and then they go on murderous rampages. Hmm. 
don't know, bad idea. Okay. <laughs> um, apparently, it's um, inspired by a Japanese anime, okay, film or cartoon or something. So, and this is track six on the album. So it's kind of the halfway point, and it's when one of the characters kind of goes through a major meltdown. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to it, you listen to the lyrics that actually make sense. Um, right. Okay. So yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to the whole album coming out now, so I can listen to the whole story of it mm. and see where this fits in. But yeah, it's a really good track. Um, kind of typical machine head but you can't go wrong with that can you so um yeah and it also made me think oh i wonder if they might be a download next year because they've not really been mentioned you know and people have been predicting things and i never even thought about them they'd kind of fell off my radar a bit were Machine Head not supposed to be there originally? I don't think so. I seem to recall seeing them somewhere or on their bloodstock no anyway Mm. um yeah give it a listen Okay. And let me yeah, let me know what you think. Okay, I've got the new Shinedown album that I've Ooh. been listening to today called Planet Zero. What do you think? Um it's it's okay. It's a <laughs> not selling it too <laughs> No, no, it's it, it's not so there's a few bits with it. So I mean, it's very, it's a very 1984 kind of dystopian George Orwell feel to it, okay, um, with kind of like how the tracks are hmm. introduced. And it's uh, it should have actually been released in April, but actually got pushed back because they wanted to release it on vinyl at the same time. So there's a delay in the vinyl, mm. and they wanted all of the formats available. Oh, that's interesting. Just to jump in there, when I was just reading about the Machine Head album, mm. like I said, that's out in August, and it's got loads of different vinyl formats, but the fi- the vinyl formats, I don't think they're available until November. Yeah, so there must there's be some kind still, of production been, issue with vinyl. Which there has been for a while now, but it's obviously not been resolved. Mm. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, so I was, yeah, so I was just going to say that that's, the band wanted all the formats available at the same time, so mm. they deliberately pushed the release date back two months, or three months which was i thought was quite interesting um there's bits between the songs that's just it just some very annoying keyboard pieces that just sound like ross from on what episode of friends it was i know the episode yeah plinky plonky yeah plinky plonky um and yeah so they're just kind of a bit of an irritation uh they offer me anyway uh, yeah, there's um, some decent some decent tracks on there. So you've got things like Clueless and Dynamic. That's definitely going to be an anthem. Mm. It's kind of like that's going to be a stadium a stadium or a festival song. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's but yeah, I think it's it's a it's a decent shine down album. It's mm. I, I don't find their stuff kind of groundbreaking or no. I was just going to say I do like Shine Down, but I do find their albums always have some skippable tracks in. Yeah, there's definitely a couple in this. There yeah. is there are some skippable tracks. There's a few. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a few slow tracks in there. Mm. Uh, very really slowed down, stripped back sort of tracks mm. and but yeah the for me it's you know it's probably like seven out of ten it, it's a it's mm. a good it's a good solid album but I was like, yeah but it's i just don't know what else to add to it really it's uh it's it's okay it's it's it, but, but it's again it's not <laughs> yeah. groundbreaking it, yeah. it's, it's not blown me away you started the review as you ended it it's okay, it's okay. i think that's what we'll take away yeah. from this <laughs> It's Rock of the Week time now, so this is where we look back on this week in rock and metal history. So I've got four items to start with of the generic nature. Mm-hmm. So going way back in time, but not that far really. Um, on the <laughs> is it way back in time or is well, it? Well, it probably is, but then actually not compared to dinosaurs. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So on the 6th of July 1973, mm-hmm. Queen released their first ever single, which was Keep Yourself Alive. And, oh, released it in the UK, should I just add on? And it didn't even chart. I don't recall ever hearing it. No, so. not one that I'm overly familiar with, I don't think. But anyway, yeah, so just goes to show <laughs> that if you don't start off that well, doesn't mean it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I know what you, you mean. You know what I'm trying to say. If at first you don't succeed. Yeah, and all that. Keep going. Cheat. Well, <laughs> not advocating that. Um, moving up the years, on the 4th of July 1982, Ozzy and Sharon got married. So Poor man. <laughs> happy 40th wedding anniversary to Ozzy and Sharon. Yeah. Um, next one I've got is 2003, on the 7th of July, The Darkness received, (laughs) released their debut album, Permission to Land. And it went on to top the UK chart for four weeks. And it also spawned five singles. Mm -hmm. I think we might have mentioned before, actually, because I think I'm sure we spoke about The Darkness. Probably. Vaguely in one episode. Um, And the highest chart in one of those was, I believe, in a thing called Love, which got to number two. Oh, I thought that was number one. Okay. No, number two. (laughs) Um, they also, on the back of the album, they got three Brit Awards. They got Best, I think it was British Group, Best Rock Group and Best Album. And they also got two Kerrang Awards for Live Act and British Band. Obviously not all in the same week, but spawning from the item, or the album rather, that was released on this week, 2003. Yeah. And then the last one I've got is actually a bit of me and you history. On the 5th of July 2014, we went to Sony Sphere Festival. Remember that? I do. It was the last one, I think. It was, yeah. Whatever happened to it, it was a good festival. We only actually went on the Saturday. We did. And it, we only got the ticket day before or something. It was very last yeah, minute I got, through I work, got wasn't it? On the, yeah, I got tickets on a Friday through work. Yeah, so I, I remember it being a bit of a journey to get there. And because of the t- tickets that we got, we ended up going around all these back roads, didn't we, to find the right entrance? Yeah, it was a... It was a I can't remember, was it a... I think it's like a trader ticket or it was something, a, yes, wasn't I got it? A, yeah, that was it. It was a trader ticket I got hold of. Yeah, so it was just like an epic trek to just find the right car but, park yeah, but, to pick we got, the ticket We did get up. the guest car park, right? that was We did, bonus. yeah. I say it was just finding it. it. Seemed to just take forever. Yeah. Um, it was at Nebworth, wasn't it? It wasn't Nebworth. Yeah. That, I mean, it was a really mm. cool setup as well. They got main stage, second stage that were back to back, and they used to alternate between who was on. They did, and then they got the smaller and then tent. There was a, there was a tent around the back. It was quite a big tent, though. I it think was. it was probably about the size of the dog yeah. tooth. And apparently, there was also a Jägermeister stage somewhere, and I didn't remember seeing that. I think yeah, that or was, was near, that another that, tent. That was another tent. Yeah. But yeah, we, it was a really good lineup. We saw Chaz and Dave. I, you saw Chaz and Dave. <laughs> you I didn't, didn't actually see I them. I was just going to the ticket collection point, wasn't I? Yeah. So yeah, there's a claim to fame. Seeing Chaz and Dave. Um, I also nearly got run over by Baby Metal in a minibus. Yeah, we. I was. Yeah, I was with you when that happened. We were trying to cross the <laughs> road. Oh, that was yeah. Just seeing their masked faces go by. Where are Baby Metal? They've not been mentioned for a while. Mm. Anyway, um, other bands we saw that day: Ghost. Yeah. Anthrax, Frank Turner, Deftones, Iron Maiden. They were all main stages. On the second stage, I vaguely remember seeing the winery dogs somehow. I just remember we were sat on the grass and they were just kind of on in the background okay. when we first got there, either after Ghost or before Ghost. Um, mm. 100 Reasons. They were incredible. They did. They played Ideas Above Our Station all the way through. And it was also the first time we saw Slayer. It was. Mm. Yeah. They were excellent. And I also remember we saw New Model Army in the tent. We did. I love New Model Army. I think they that's were really all we good. saw in the tent. 
I don't think there's anyone else. I can't remember. I remember. I don't think we saw Sisters of Mercy. No, which I'm annoyed at because yeah. I think I, I would have liked to have watched this. Same, Mercy. but I think they clash with Maiden. I'm okay, yeah, Maiden so, would have. Yeah, Maiden yeah. would have come first. Anyway, so that was yeah a day trip we did eight years ago. Yeah, that was really cool. It was a really cool day. A hmm. uh, long day, but really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got. UK number one single that was so it's three different singles, yeah, in the same week yeah. by the same artist over three years. Okay, so 1995, This Ain't a Love Song was number one. Ah, remember that, yeah, and uh, that also reached number six in the UK singles charts, mm-hmm. and it was the first single from these days, yeah. The uh, second one was 1996, which was Hey God, which I don't oh. remember. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. That was also on These Days. Yeah, that was the final single off that album. Yeah. And then the third one, technically not the group, but it was John Bon Jovi. Mm. Uh, in 97, released Midnight in Chelsea. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I wasn't a fan. Yeah, I think, I think there was a, a split on that. Mm. Uh, it was a lead single from Destination Anywhere which was his second solo album. Yeah. And it's actually his highest charting solo single, which got to number four. Really? Yeah. I would have thought Blaze of Glory. That wasn't John Bon Jovi, though, was it? Wasn't that Bon Jovi? No, that was John Bon Jovi, because the first solo album was the whole Young Guns 2 soundtrack thing. Maybe it's not classed as him Mm, doing that. Um, Yeah, and it also... um, Yeah, so I think it got to number four in the UK singles chart. Uh, But what is interesting is that Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics has got writing guitar guitar and production credits. Did not know that. Yeah, I I just find it strange that those two work together. It's a bit of a Mm. weird mix, Dave Stewart and John Bon Jovi. But yeah, but so yeah, so technically John Bon Jovi's been at number one in the UK rock and metal charts for singles in 95, 96 and 97. Oh. All in the same, at the same week. Yeah. Which Mm. is really odd. Yeah. Now it's time for the main feature. This week we're going to cover off some festival camping... I can't remember what we said. Extras? Tips? Tips, kind of. Things that you, things that you could do with. Things that... Yeah, not all the basics, because there's loads of content out there that cover that on YouTube. There's videos that go through your basics if it's your first camping trip, etc. These are just extra bits and bobs I think we've just come across over and found the last really, few years. Yeah, found really useful. Yeah, I mean, some of them you might class as basic still, but it's just little extra bits of comfort, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm. So I'm going to start with something that we've got, which is an inflatable tent. That makes it sound like a bouncy castle. It does. <laughs> Imagine yeah. camping on a bouncy castle. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not a bouncy castle. What it what it is is uh, so it's a normal tent that you peg out. You put your ground sheet down. You peg it out at the bottom as normal. But instead of inserting any poles into the tent, you have a quite a tall sort of two foot long pump. Yeah. And you you basically pump the uh, beams that sit within the tent instead of poles. So ours is a four man tent. It's got three uh, three air beams. Yeah. And you pump it up. And the reason that I you know I'd go for this is that I'm crap at a normal tent. Yeah, I think the term you were looking for is an air tent. What did I say? Inflatable tent. Inflatable tent. <laughs> Hence why I thought of a bouncy castle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yes, I suppose yeah. it's an air tent, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've never tried to put up a normal tent, but having watched other people try to put up normal tents, I 
And a four-man four yeah. tent will take some time, even with two of us. Yeah. And an inflatable, an inflatable, an air tent. Yeah. Can we can get it up in like five six minutes? I, I think. think I would think. Yeah. I mean, I've I've put it up myself in about fifteen. Yeah. And that took quite so long just because I was faffing with it the was, valves. And it was the first time you did it on your own as on well. My own, yeah. But yeah, they're so easy. They are a lot more than a, a, standard, call it, a normal standard tent. tent yeah. And I imagine somewhat heavier. Again, I've never carried a normal tent, but it's quite weighty. Yeah, so they are they are a lot heavier than yeah. a normal tent. And they do take up quite a bit of room. Yeah, so obviously because we tend to do RIP camping or equivalent versions at other festivals, then you wouldn't want to carry it necessarily from a normal car park. No, I mean, it does have wheels. In the in the mm, carry bag that it, it comes does. in, yeah. So you you can carry it, but yeah, if you've got a smooth track, you can wheel it up like a suitcase. But yeah. if you're on rough ground, it's not. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. But I, I I would always go for one of these just because they are so handy to kind of put up mm. and take down. And yeah, you you can put them take them down really really quickly. Yeah. Okay. Are we alternating? By the yeah. Way? Why not? Didn't realize. Okay. My first one then. I'm going to go for I think vacuum packs. Yeah. Really, really good Yeah, we things. did this for the first time this year at Download. Mm-hmm. Ordered a pack of, I don't know, about six, I think, off Amazon. So big vac packs, you can put your bulky items in. So duvets, which I'll come on to in a bit. Mm-hmm. But anything like that, I think we had a duvet in one each. That was two. I think we put some hoodies in one. Yep. And I can't remember what else we put in, but anything big and bulky. Airbags. Uh, airbags. Airbeds. Airbeds we did. And then on the way back, we used one just to put all the dirty washing in. And yeah. obviously saves a lot of room, particularly if, if like us, you've only got a small car. It does yeah. actually make quite a bit of difference. The ones that we got came with a little hand pump, and they didn't take that long, really, to deflate. Um, but we've also got, this could be another item, actually, a little electronic pump. Yeah, um, USB-powered. Yeah, rechargeable pump, and it's also got a vacuum setting so that we could pop that on the backpacks as well whilst we were there Yeah, to suck the life out of them and get them nice and flat. But, yeah, definitely for a space saver. Yeah, it makes a huge difference, mm. absolutely huge difference, and it means we can take more shit with us. Yeah, and I imagine especially, obviously, the weather was great at Download this year, but if you need to take more hoodies and things like that, more waterproof-type stuff... Mm. So you've got more clothes in general than normal. Yeah. It'll definitely save you some room. My next one is a foldable water carrier, mm. which is going to come in handy a lot. Uh, you can they, they fold down to the size of nothing, really. Mm. And, yeah, just really useful to have. And then just, yeah, fill it up with water. And then you've got all your water for the week. And you don't have to keep taking, like, a kettle or, you know, or water mm. bottles should you need to, or even buying water bottles. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a real, real kind of saver. Yeah, and we spotted some in Aldi this week, didn't we? For yes, 99, we did. which seems a bit of a bargain. Mm-hmm. And they had a little tap on as well, which is handy. Yeah, they do. Mm. Okay, have a look what we've got next. Speaking of water, I'll go for frozen water bottles. Yeah, frozen. Um, Great yeah, idea. Yeah, I did read this, I think, probably on a download group a few years ago. But really handy, just get some normal 500ml water bottles, shove them in the freezer a few days before your festival, and they will then act as your ice blocks in a cool bag. We've got kind of a squishy collapsible cool bag thing have mm-hmm. away rather than a box because again it's squishes down more more yeah. malleable to fit in the car shall we say and obviously as your days go on it starts to defrost so as well as keeping your food cool you've got some lovely ice cold water to drink for morning if you want it yep and a related tip to that is also freeze your food 
Yeah. In terms of if you're taking any fresh meat to barbecue or fake meat, if you will, if you freeze it all, apart from what you want probably on your first day when you get there, mm-hmm. it's going to keep fresher for longer. And again, it's just going to keep act as a, it's probably a scientific term, but the stuff around it will keep all cold as well. <laughs> it almost acts as its own refrigerator. Yeah, pretty much. So we did that download this year. We froze everything, had the frozen water bottles. And I think by Saturday it all defrosted Yeah, and was in a cookable state. Yeah, I'd have said so. So yeah, get things frozen. Yeah, important one for me next is... I struggle sleeping at the best of times, and a couple of crucial things for me are earplugs and eye masks. Mm. It's I, I, You're always going to get noise at festivals, so if you want to get some decent sleep, definitely get some earplugs. And eye masks are an absolute must, because all the light mornings, even mm. at any point in the summer when festival season kicks off, you, you're going to need eye masks yeah i know you can get blackout tents which ours isn't so that would help with the light yeah anyway but yeah definitely an eye mask just don't forget you're wearing it when you wake up (laughs) (laughs) we should probably should definitely cover that one day yeah that'll be i don't know a funny festival moments one yeah Okay, my next one I'm going to go for is foldable crates. This might be a bit random, but foldable crates or boxes, they're just, you know, the flat things that you, you know, collapse, if you will. These are handy because obviously if your tent's on any kind of rough ground, you can take these. They take up no room at all, really, because they're flat to start with. You just pop them out so you've got little boxes in your tent. And just for stacking things like your bottles, if you've got your decanted spirits in plastic bottles. Food. Food as well. We've got three now, I think, we use. So we have one for like, all the cooking stuff like plates, stoves. The kettle keeps it in one place. Yeah. And it just stops stuff rolling around your tent and keeps it a bit organised. Because the one thing, well, many things I hate about camping, but I just hate how everything's everywhere and disorganised. Mm. So it just keeps your tent a bit tidier. Yeah. And keeps stuff like, you don't want a bottle tipping over just in case you didn't put the lid back on properly and... All of that, so it just keeps you nice and tidy. Uh, next one I've got is plastic pegs. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Plastic tent pegs. Oh, I was thinking of clothes pegs. No. I wonder why it looks me all weird. <laughs> no, plastic tent I pegs. I Plastic tent pegs. <laughs> Reason I've got these down, they are stronger, they're more durable, and they don't bend or break mm. like metal tent pegs yes this was a new discovery this year wasn't it after yeah. the winds of download and we had a very kind neighbor who introduced them yeah introduced us to uh, some plastic tent pegs and so i've immediately gone out and and bought some of these mm. and yeah they're absolute lifesaver yes is that yeah. on those well i don't know what else well, want to say no, about I plastic suppose, tent pegs to yeah. be fair fair enough it's not what you can say <laughs> Right, my next one, this is another new one that we discovered this year, is actually getting a windbreaker for your stove. So we use little Trangia stoves that you get. Are they Trangia? I think so. I think so. The little stoves that you put gel fuel in, tiny little compact things. And we bought a couple of windbreakers this year. And they just helped. Obviously, it was very windy anyway at download this year, but... They did just seem to make a difference and it helped the kettle heat up quicker than it has it does, previously. Yeah. It just keeps the um, keeps the heat in one place more, doesn't it? Yeah. Little metal things, they weren't very expensive and you just, in theory, prop, prop them up or kind of stick them in the ground. Yeah, you pull them into the ground and just yeah. around where your fuel, uh, yeah. where your stove is. Yeah. It just reflects little, all the heat. Yeah, it does. So yeah, if you want your kettle to boil quicker, I'd recommend getting one of those. Yeah. On the kind of how you were saying about keeping things organised and neat and tidy, 
I'm going to actually include these two bits in one. Okay. So that's floor mats mm-hmm. and a welly remover. Yes. Which we've not had the chance to try yet, but, well, I mean, I suppose thankfully because it's not been yeah. wet. But yeah. Yeah. So welly remover, we've had tents before where you'll just get an accumulation of like wet mud in your tent. And yeah, it's, it's just it's, not great when it's, when it's really boggy and... You know, the wet ones. Yeah. Were. <laughs> and you have to obviously take your wellies off in your tent if the ground's wet outside. Yeah. Otherwise you get wet socks. Yeah. And th- this cuts it all out. So you've got a welly remover. You can just take your boots straight off, stick that next to your floor mats. So you can mm. get these, the kind of, um, it's almost like a, a rubber, like a soft rubber, like yeah. foam. The kind of things that you get, I think they get marketed as either... Play mats for kids to play on or garage flooring mats. Yeah. I think they were in the garage section. Actually, I know where they were in B&Q. They were actually in the hot tub section because <laughs> people use them to put under their hot tub okay. things. I think if you get those inflatable ones. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, they're, again, great for when you step out of your tent, you're not stepping straight into mud mm. if it's wet or dust. You, you've just got a nice foam kind of flooring in front of your tent a carpet if you will yeah almost like a carpet uh so yeah we we've stuck a we stuck a couple of those out this year and i mean thankfully it didn't rain but it it was you knew that you you could take you anything off there that you needed to and you you were going to be dry on that bit so yeah that was yeah really useful okay keeping with the theme of keeping nice and tidy in your tent um my next one's a pop-up wash bin um, I'm not quite sure how to verbally best describe this, but it's basically, yeah, what it says on the tin, really, a pop-up wash bin that you can get, I think it's about £3 off eBay. So it's designed to just pop up. It's like a netting wall and um, material yeah. outer. I'll probably put a, a mesh outer. Mesh out. And I saw this again as a tip ages ago. I was just looking for some festival hints and tips. We've done them a few years ago. But one of the things that really annoys me in the tent is when you've got your bin bag in the corner and then over time it kind of spreads because things go flat <laughs> and your bin bag's trailing and things fall out of it and it's just a mess. So if you get a pop-up wash bin, pop your bin bag in, they usually come with kind of a hook on them as well. So depending on your tent, you might be able to fasten it to the tent itself, which we did this year. We'd got, I think it was a window toggle or something, mm. a curtain toggle. Just fasten it to that. It just keeps your rubbish upright and it's just a bit tidier. Yeah. So completely non-essential as such, but if you like to keep your tent tidy, then Some do it. My final one, which is definitely an essential thing, is travel jumps. So they're great when it, the weather's absolutely horrific at a festival. They're essentially pouches full of crystals that are solidify, so you can go for a piss at any time. They're, I can put it, they're gender neutral, I suppose. So they are, but I believe... Men and women can use them both. Can you not get something called a travel Jane for the ladies? I thought that was something that you could get at fest, for festivals or things. Where it was, yeah, where it was that kind of thing. Okay, I thought thought that's what they were. Okay, yeah, uh, but they they kind of men or women can use them just because of the kind of the shape. Yeah, it's a big open bag. It's a big, yeah, it's a big open bag. Big target. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big open bag. It's got crystals in, solidifies in seconds, and it's got a strip seal that you can just use. It's got an adhesive on it. You just take that off, seal it, and yeah, they don't leak. And they solidify in seconds, so really, really useful. Yeah, also handy, even if it's not raining, if you just want to have a wee in the night and you don't want to traipse up to the toilets. Yeah, depending on how far away the toilets are. So, yeah, wee in a bag. 
Yeah. Um, my next one is another organising tip. This is not just for festivals. This is when you go on holiday or anywhere travelling. Packing cubes. Yeah, you love these. I love a packing cube. So they're just basically a set of zippy bags. I think mine came in about a set of seven from Amazon years ago. And it just means you can separate out all your clothing items so you're not rummaging around trying to find things because again that really bugs me in your tent when you're trying to find all your bits of clothing so i have one where i put in kind of t-shirts and tops another one for shorts and skirts another one for socks and tights another one for your pants and bras one for accessories just keeps it all separated out so you know exactly where to find things when you're getting dressed and i've got one more i don't know why i got out of sync on this but my last one is a duvet which we didn't have when we first camped and regretted it didn't we very much so yeah very much so what we tend to do is because we have two single air beds and then we buy a double duvet so you can actually put half the duvet underneath your air bed so it keeps the cold off your air bed and then wrap the other bit kind of round you almost like a cocoon 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 over your sleeping bag so it just keeps you nice and toasty it does yeah really really works mm. Obviously, you can get sleeping bags that have got, you know, kind of like all-season ratings. I've got, like, the issue I have is that my chest is generally too wide to get a sleeping bag all the way over me. Yeah. And so they only come kind of like three-quarters of the way up. So having a duvet is kind of like a real key sort of thing for me. Yeah. Well, actually, you could just mention your new sleeping bag for this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I got a new sleeping bag. And it's one that, because I struggle with the mummy sleeping bags... I got a normal sort of rectangular one, but it's actually got zip openings uh, at the chest. So, I, well, at the side, so I can actually stick my arms out, I can undo it, and uh, my arms can go through the sleeping bag. Mm, almost like one of those wearable sleeping bags, but not quite. Yeah, I think that'll be next. Yeah. I love, I love the idea of the wearable mm, ones. Yeah, I do as well. I actually got a new sleeping bag as well this year, didn't I? Because we both had the same mummy one yeah. to start with. Um, and I struggled with it because I like to tuck my knees up to sleep. And it was just too narrow to move comfortably. So I've mm. gone for a, a wider one, rectangular, so I can just move my legs about a bit in it. Mm-hmm. Much better it was. I think. Yeah, that's thin, it. Yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah, they're just some of our extra bits and bobs we recommend for camping. Obviously, let us know if you've got any extras that you use that we've not mentioned. We're always looking out for new ways to improve the camping experience. <laughs> Right, now it's time for our recommendation of the week. Or the ready-to-mosh recommendation. If you will. Yeah, so this week it's Blood Youth. I've been listening to Blood Youth for a while now. They've got three albums they've released. Yeah, they had a new one out last year. Last year, yeah, 2021. So the the first one was Beyond Repair in 2017. Second one was called Starve. That was out in 2019. And the new, the latest album Mm. is called Visions of Another Hell, which came out in 2021. Yeah. There's a great track on there called Synthetic. Yeah, I really like that, that one. everybody should listen mm. to because it's amazing. Yeah. We're actually going to be seeing Bloody Youth twice over the next month. We've got them at Mangata Festival in Nottingham. They are headlining the second stage on Sunday. the Sunday, which is 16th of July. Yeah, so, so definitely watching that. And then they're also at Bloodstock. Um, I think it's around middle of afternoon on the Sophie stage on Saturday. Yeah, really, really looking forward to seeing them at both festivals. I think yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to watch them at both. Be interesting so. to see the difference between the two. Yeah, definitely a Mangata though. What next? It's going to yeah, be smaller. Yeah, it's going to be such a small, intimate venue. That's yeah. going to be really, really good. Yeah. 
and they're also doing a UK and European tour in 2023. So do, I know they're doing like Glasgow, Birmingham, Manchester, mm. Leeds, quite small venues, but yeah, they're, yeah they'll be great. Yeah. So uh, if they do tour anywhere that's close to us, probably go and watch them next year as well. Quite probably, yeah. And who knows, they might even do download next year. They could do, because they didn't this year, so... That could be on their radar. That could be a possibility. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, that's our recommendation. They're a, a hardcore metalcore band. Yeah. And yeah, definitely worth checking out. So Absolutely. give them a listen. Um, one thing I did spot actually when I was just looking over their Instagram is when they released the new album last year, mm-hmm. um, they also released a beer to go with it. Yes. Which was, I don't know if you can still get it actually. I looked on the brewery website and I don't think it's there. So it's probably a limited run. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was with um, Northern Monk Brewery. Okay. Which I think we probably have sampled at some we point. We probably have tried that. Yeah. And it was called Visions of Another Ale to go with the title ah. Visions of Another Hell. I'm assuming that brewery is probably from Yorkshire. Yeah, it's because that's because yeah. these guys are from Wakefield, I think. Yeah, no, it's Harrogate. I think. Was it Harrogate? I thought it was Wakefield. I thought I read Harrogate. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> we'll have to check that. Um, they're from Yorkshire anyway, and yeah, yeah Northern Brunk, Northern Brunk, Northern Monk is a Yorkshire brewery. Yeah, I'm sure we've probably had it in a mix box, or we've picked some up while we've been out somewhere. Um, I'm not actually sure. It sounds my thing. It was an imperial black, tropical mm-hmm. flavored. Okay. Um, so it sounds like more of a dark ale, which I'm not a massive fan of. Probably yeah. would have given it a try, but it did come in at a nine percent. So knock Ooh. your socks off. Oh yeah, that's gonna blow yeah. tits off that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, go check out Blood Youth if you're around. Not yeah, going to go you, see them, or if, if you're, you're going to Mangata or mm. Bloodstock, go and listen to them. Yeah, definitely. So that brings us to the end of episode ten. As always, thank you for listening. Do give us a like, a share, a follow. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Ready to Moshcast, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Make it stop, Mook. <laughs>